on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pels swing a big trade and we get positive about it. The Saints hire Dennis Allen in the least surprising move of all time. We've got people parking in handicapped spaces and stealing tax dollars. We've got homeless fans sleeping in the back of cars. You're not going to want to miss this. All coming up right now. And Kush! Catch these hands, you're about to get shot. Come everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, and we are done with the trade block. Well, they might do something else today while you're listening. I don't really know, but we certainly have some real news, and it is a wonderful time to have a podcast right here in the Big Easy. I am Scott Kushner alongside my trusty sidekick, Mr. Andrew Polk. Sidekick? Yeah, what? It's like an equal. Partner? Equal equal partner? Yes. Whenever we like go out to eat together and we meet somebody new, we always say my partner, Scott. That's true. And people yeah. go, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, we are uh, 50-50 split owners of everything in this podcast. Uh, I we would never live, demean you like that. We live in a Jansen house and we have the line <laughs> down the middle like that Brady Bunch episode where they drew the line. I get half the kitchen, you get half the kitchen. Everything's 50-50 here at Polk and Kush. <laughs> That's right, even Steven. Uh, it is, uh, it's been a newsy week uh, for us, but uh, before we get into all of that stuff, everything been going well for you? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I went out to the Pro Bowl in Vegas. <laughs> I uh, went out to a club. Saw a guy that I thought was a friend because, you know, he, he lives, he lives, I'm not going to say names. <laughs> yeah, don't say his name. name. Yeah, yeah, But I saw a guy that I considered myself to be friends with. Yeah. I was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> and he like kind of blew me off. It's a guy who lives here, right? He's a, around here, not in this neighborhood. <laughs> uh, and he like just blew me, he's kind of rude. So yeah. I thought maybe he didn't. And, you know, I'm kind of a smart ass. I'm like, you're ugly. Your friends are ugly. <laughs> Some stuff happened, um, <laughs> but I made it back to Louisiana in time to go see Tool Saturday night. Yeah, that was fun. How was that? It was. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, Sincerely, it was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Are they really? Uh, they got to be getting up there, huh? They're pretty old. Tool, right? Tool has been around for thirty years as a band, yeah. so they're they're probably all fifty plus. Okay. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, crazy. It was in the Smoothie King Center. Uh-huh. Packed Smoothie King Center. You would have thought it was Jackson Hayes night at the Smoothie King Center. How many people were there? Uh, it was the scum of the earth. <laughs> we saw th- we saw two people vomit. We oh saw three piles of vomit. Some guy got thrown out during the first song. And it's like, dude, you got to get thrown out before or later. Yes. You, yeah. First note rang out. And this guy, whew, he was fresh off the tugboat. What did he do? I don't know. 
Oh my god, dude! That's what, so. What's the Crowder Tool? I feel like that's a steampunk. What's like, odd about Tool is Tool is kind of an avant-garde, like prog metal project with very artsy music videos and like a biomechanical art style. Sure, it is, but it gets lumped in with people that like Slipknot and Three Days Grace, uh huh, and have like Calvin peeing on Joe Biden in the back of their truck. <laughs> I have. N- I have no idea how the the fan bases have crossed. And then there are steampunk weirdos. Yeah. And then there's just people that are in their mid thirties that are like, yeah, I like this. You know, I like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. All this shit way I, back when. I picture uh, Juggalos for some reason. Not that the, the the music is anything similar to the ICP, but I picture a Juggalo type of uh, of person. There. there there were a few people down with the clown. <laughs> I would say. Uh, but I was like, I can't, you can't sit in the rafters for a tool show. No, no not just no. because it's awesome, but because you're going to be next to dregs of humanity. Uh, oh, yeah. So I shelled out some cash and got on the floor. Oh, nice. It was right by like the, the bathroom and the, and the bar and all that. You were in the mix zone. Yeah. I was in the schism zone and it was, <laughs> if, if Polk and Kush nation, I'm sure you were out there too. Oh, f- definitely. <laughs> All of our fans who I've met, I definitely would say uh, you were. If I had to guess, you were the only one at that tool show. Do you think we could, if we had a Polk and Kush meetup at a concert, it'd probably have to be like Dave Matthews Band. I was right? going to say that's probably yeah. where we're at. Anything where the uh, or Jimmy Buffett, you know, yeah, <laughs> anything where the uh, common apparel is some sort of uh, light button-down shirt, a I chubby think chubby's shorts, boat <laughs> shoes, something along those lines. Yes, uh, sandals. But yeah. That was that was pretty much my weekend. I did come home today, and uh, the city of New Orleans uh, broke my garbage can. They broke the fucking wheel off of it. The gift that keeps on. Well, at least they're only picking it up once a week. Well, there are a bunch of my landlord ripped the floor out of my room and replaced <laughs> it, and then he just put the floor in a bunch of bags. <laughs> you don't have a trailer for this. He put it in a bunch of garbage bags and put them out there. That's incredible. And the guy, you know, the garbage men aren't going to pick up wet flooring no. so it's just out there forever yeah if anybody uh, in the polk and kush community <laughs> is trying to house termites what's a use a termite for, farm for your kids is yeah. there any use for just waterlogged wood that's been sitting outside for three weeks <laughs> if anybody enjoys a good trip to the city dump like uh cosmo kramer um yeah <laughs> that, that could be a fun activity i don't know uh yeah dude that uh is it still only once a week the pickup i don't i don't know when it is yeah i just leave it out there (laughs) all the time the two other people in my building they have they're the bird box when it comes to the garbage they've got the blinders on i'm the man of the household okay you're the yes you're the you're the strong man i drag it out there the enforcer sometimes i drag it back in yeah well good luck dragging it now uh with no wheel (laughs) i uh i actually attended a concert myself i went last night and saw george porter at the maple leaf oh he's great he was playing meter songs and uh russell batiste is just like sitting in the bar and just like jumped up and did like a couple songs with like you know like this guy you know has been in how many like Grammy nominated albums just like literally sitting at the bar ripping shots and it was like yeah, I'll just jump on and do you know people say with George Porter I was like this is incredible well, there's uh, 14 people there you know it's it's a Monday night and you know uh 
Carjackville, USA. And, you know, nobody's out. And it was incredible. It really was. It was a, uh, a very good time. Uh, so, I uh, yeah. I mean, live music, I feel like, was one of those things that we very much missed over the pandemic. And that took a long time to get cranked back up. Like, bars were bars came back pretty quickly. Restaurants came back pretty quickly. Sports even came back pretty quickly. And I think live music was like the last thing that yeah. really came fully back. And I've really been, I've been keeping track of the schedules. I've been buying tickets. I've been going all out because yeah. it's been so long and it's something I really enjoy. Yeah, good. And it's, uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff to do in the city and it should be picking up as we get, you know, through Mardi Gras and through Jazz Fest. There's always a lot of things going on and uh, I can tell you one thing that's definitely going on is I, I, there's going to be a lot more interest in the New Orleans Pelicans going forward Uh in case you've been under a rock the last day, your Pelicans traded for C.J. McCollum. Uh, also included in the deal was uh, Larry Nance, as well as Tony Snell uh, from the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, McCollum is certainly the the big piece. We've talked about him on this show before. Uh, he adds an element the Pelicans missed desperately uh, this season, despite the fact that they've been playing very well recently, this would seem to give them a huge, uh, you know, push in the sales. A, a really nice, uh, it basically fills the need which they have, and uh, I thought that was a really big move for them. It absolutely was. Uh, CJ brings what this team needs at a crucial moment. He has uh, averaged more than 20 points for the last seven or eight seasons. He is almost a 40% three-point shooter. He's actually in the three-point contest at All-Star Weekend, so the Pels do have some representation there. <laughs> there you go. And, um, you know, he's a mid-range shooter. Uh, the focus has been on CJ for the last week or so. Mm -hmm. I think it is cathartic. It is a, it's a nice release for Pelicans fans to kind of be chasing that carrot and finally get it. Yes. And not giving up more than you wanted to maybe giving up a heart and soul piece of this team but it is nothing um that i think anybody is super cheesed off about no pardon it, my language yeah <laughs> well it's one of those things right like in order to get a really good player you've got to give something up i think everyone recognizes that uh there are a couple of draft picks in the mix Nikhil alexander walker uh is is out i think there was obviously a lot of promise to him but he underperformed uh, this season, which I think makes that departure a little more palatable. Uh, Thomas Sadoransky is a walking bag of shit. Is that what? Uh, no, he's been terrible. That's I what mean. the notes say. <laughs> he's literally just a, he's a $10 million contract, basically <clears throat> useful in regards that it'll help match the money for a very highly paid McCollum. Uh, but he didn't do anything. There's nothing there to and, be upset uh, about. And then, of Didi course, Didi Luzada. Yeah, Didi Luzada, who I think some people had some somewhat high hopes for him after his stint in Australia, but he didn't do much. Uh, and then, of course, Josh Hart, who uh, was probably having the best season of his NBA career this year, was really someone who uh, his game expanded after getting a new contract, which is always something that you like to see. Just speaks to someone's character, honestly. Uh, that they keep getting better when they get more money. Uh, and, you know, he was a big reason why this team was as consistent as far as their effort as they were this season. And uh, so that is a tough part to see him. The uh, Pelicans are actually playing the Rockets right now as we're recording the show. He's sitting courtside wearing a Brandon Ingram jersey and like, 
what a difference a year makes as far as just the culture and the character around this team. Last year, they all seemed absolutely miserable playing every single night. And this year, like, Josh Hart gets traded and he's he's wants to be there sitting courtside to watch the team play. I mean, just a, a total flip and very telling moment, honestly. Yeah, a significant culture change in New Orleans, a very welcome one. Uh, Josh Hart, I would say, is the fan favorite of this team. You know, he tweeted out the, the colors and the heart emojis. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be missed on this team, uh, but the focus now is winning. Uh, eclipsing the Lakers, and if they do that, uh, what happens with that Lakers pick? So if the Lakers pick in the top 10, the Pelicans get it. Okay. If not, it conveys to Memphis, I believe, as part of the Steven Adams deal. So no matter what, I think that one's going to be hard to get unless LeBron or AD get hurt again. for AD getting hurt? (laughs) That would be out of character. Mr. Glass himself? Yes, uh, RoboCop, uh, Anthony Davis. I, I, you know, unless he misses some more extended Look, time. Look, y- you know, we we make these jokes about Anthony Davis, but uh, fibromyalgia is real, <laughs> and he's he has uh, long fibro. It's like long COVID, but it's with fibro. And yes, you know, when he gets up out of bed, it's just pain that you can't really describe to a doctor. You know, there are uh, people who fall in love with Japanese body pillows. Yes. You've been in my room. <laughs> he has fallen in love with an MRI machine. <laughs> he, the MRI machine to him is the Japanese body pillow. <laughs> and he just likes going and visiting it. And so it's, you know, we can't really fault him. He really, that, that one in Portland particularly. I think every time he's ever played in Portland, they have an MRI machine in the like <laughs> locker room. And he just has to go back there and get it checked out, you know? It's like Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> He just really is a fan. Uh, But anyway, that drags us off course a little bit. No, Uh, it doesn't. (laughs) Uh, CJ uh, is going to help this team out instantly. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to be his first game? Uh, Against the Heat on Thursday or against the Spurs on Saturday? They, uh, David Griffin was on the broadcast uh, tonight against Houston and said that CJ will be in New Orleans tomorrow night, uh, being Wednesday night, which is probably when you're listening to this. Uh, so they think he can get started kind of as soon as possible, which is big for them. I think this is, and I think I criticized a little bit nationally today because uh, obviously Josh Hart does a lot of good things. Uh, CJ McCollum is a very expensive player. People don't understand why a team with the Pelicans record is, you know, in a buyer's mode. But this is the only way this team was going to raise their ceiling. Uh, we saw exactly who this team was, and we've talked about it several times on here. They are extremely predictable because they play really hard every night and credit to Willie Green for that. Credit to Josh Hart for that. They play really hard every night. They get most of the their you know the best of their capabilities, but their ceiling was pretty damn low. Their guards were bad and they you can't expect to play Devontae Graham and Jose Alvarado and Garrett Temple like those guys can't be your only guards that are out there. You had to go make a move. Uh, whether it was now or in the in the off season, and this is probably the best chance to go get somebody. And you got to give up something to get something. And now you have a legitimate top level elite shooter, one of the best shooters in the NBA, to stand out there and play alongside those guys. And a, what a enormous difference to your half court offense that makes. Will your defense get a little bit worse? Probably. Will your rebounding get a little bit worse? Probably. But you are. Uh, 
getting so much better at such an important skill like shooting that I think it's a move that you have to make. And I do respect the Pelicans for going out and making it, especially at a time where I think they could have coasted, not even coasted is the wrong word, but they could have kept this group together and made the 10 seed. And I don't think anybody would have been upset with them. No, I don't think so either. This is a nice reward for not just Pelicans fans, but also uh, Willie Green. Yeah. It uh, shows confidence in him. It shows that they trust players with him. Uh, You know, having been a fan of this team for a long time, my mind goes to, does CJ want to come here? Yeah. I don't know if that's been addressed anywhere. CJ has not made a public statement at this time. Mm-hmm. It seems like it would at least be greener pastures. The Trailblazers, I think, have lost seven in a row. They're tanking. They are absolutely tanking. McCollum's yeah. putting up okay numbers, but that's not what he's there for. No. So I would think that New Orleans looks right. Willie Green... He knows Willie Green. Mm-hmm. He, he knows the attitude coming towards this team. And uh, I'm hoping that he wants to be here. Yeah. And I'm, by all accounts, and, and I remember covering him in that playoff series, like he is a uh, straight up good dude. There's, you know, very talkative, very expressive, uh, you know, intelligent, all those kinds of things that, you know, are uh, are the characters you want to see from a guy you're trading Mm -hmm. for. I don't think he will be any level of a character problem. Obviously a longtime veteran. Uh, And he shoots the shit out of the ball. And that's what they need more than anything on this team. I think Christian Clark had the stat today. Their half-court offense was 28th out of 30 teams in the NBA. It's like, well, there's one easy way to fix that. (laughs) And it's like, you know, playing a guard who doesn't suck and instead playing one who's really good. Uh, that's going to help you significantly. And right now the Pelicans are good in a lot of areas uh, and especially their effort level. But when it comes to raising your ceiling, effort level in the postseason especially evens out. Everybody tries hard in the postseason. A lot of times the Pelicans are winning games right now because they're trying harder than their opponents and they're beating bad teams a lot. That does not exist once you get to the postseason. Maybe the playoffs this year don't matter, but they will next year. Uh, if you want to be the team that you're supposed to be when Zion gets back and you got a full rotation and roster, all those sorts of things, if your aspirations are high, C.J. McCollum gives you the opportunity to be a much better team in games that really matter against really good teams. And that is a huge difference from where they are right now, which is a team that's very respectable and commendable, but is not one that I think intimidated anybody uh, when they took the floor. Do you think this move it has any indication or bearing on Zion coming back this season? You and I have both said, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way. I still feel that way, too. I do not think Zion not playing is a matter of him not wanting to play. I think it is now a full-on health issue. Uh, and the fact he's been in Portland and completely silent for as long as he has and that we haven't heard anything from anyone out there like he's basically like he moved to that like rocky training camp where he's like you know in the wilderness you know lifting logs over his head all day like we have no idea what he's doing there hasn't been a single like video shot of him there hasn't been a single quote from his people or nobody did a a story nothing maybe maybe it'll be like you know in rocky when him and apollo are on the beach yeah like training maybe that'll come out tomorrow (laughs) with him and cj yeah 
<laughs> Maybe you just needed a ride down. Exactly. So I'm sure he'll take the team plane tomorrow uh, back back from Portland. Uh, no, man, I, I don't think Zion coming back is just a matter of him not wanting to play. Uh, I, I think he's hurt. And at this point, I just don't see a scenario in which he's able to get back and especially not able to get back and be the Zion that we know him to be. Uh, but even with that said, just this team as currently constructed with C.J. McCollum is pretty good uh, and, and has a chance to not just be the 10, could maybe move up to the nine or maybe the eight. I, I think they'll be in the play in tournament regardless, but they are. It should be a more fun team to watch. The expectation should grow. I think this is a uh, a move that I have a hard time criticizing because I think it is aspirational in nature. I think it is a, a a good message from the organization to its personnel and to its fans that they give a shit, they want to win at a higher level, and they're not uh, you know content just getting scraping into the last game, you know, into the postseason and getting their ass kicked in the first game and then calling it a success. Do you think uh, the other there are other parts of this trade? Obviously, we got Larry Nance Jr. coming in and Tony Snell. Does he not go with the junior anymore? Junior. Ju- I have no idea. I, I just so. remember the old one. I yeah. Full card. And we got Tony Snell. Yeah. These guys are going to fit in somewhere. Let's talk about all their fits in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, who's going to the bench for CJ? Herb Jones? Uh, <laughs> not on I'm Herb. I'm sticking with Herb. Herb, yeah. I mean, I, I would think you can't take Herb's minutes. I would, th- I would hope that you'd put Devontae Graham on the bench, but I don't know who becomes the point guard at that point. If you want to play a traditional point guard, they might not need to. They might be able to have Brandon Ingram <clears throat> kind of do most of that work. Jackson has done well at the four. Can he do well at the one? <laughs> See what he can do. Every time you move him back a spot, he seems to be getting better. So just put him at point guard. He must have Optimized. been like that gif of uh, of the guy sweating <laughs> of Ke- like all of day. Keegan, yeah, uh, was the other one. <laughs> Peel. Peel. The guy that directed Get Out. Yeah, sweating. He must have been like that today. Yes, yes. Because he's been playing out of his mind recently. Yeah, I honestly, I wonder if this deal's made three weeks ago. If it's not flipped and Jackson's out in Nikhil's days, I think it could be. I mean, that might have been that much of a difference, right? Like, I, I getting Nikhil off the team is a positive. I mean, if you asked us a week ago, who's the starting four for the Pelicans? If it's Larry Nance or Jackson Hayes, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, you know, two weeks ago, sure. Uh, I don't know now. I mean, they're going to play like they're all pretty credible. I mean, I am very curious to see when they start playing good teams again. The win at Denver, I do think, boosted this team's uh, morale significantly. Mm-hmm. I think people took that win seriously, you know, beating the MVP on the road. That is the kind yeah. of win that they haven't done a lot and of this season. All it took was uh, the best games of uh, Jackson Hayes <laughs> and <laughs> Herbert Jones's lives. That seems repeatable. <laughs> Can yeah. we just do that every game? I'm no coach. But. Yeah, just keep doing that, guys. Uh, no, man, they're, this is a all-around the kind of message that I think you want to send, honestly. Uh, I, I, I do believe that there is something to be said about a front office that is putting their kind of balls on the line a little bit. And is this chance to backfire? I don't think it can backfire the way that the Boogie Cousins move 
Like that was a, a, a huge swing for the fences and you had no idea how that was going to work out. And it ended up working out fairly poorly. I would say ultimately, if you were to you know look at it from a 30,000 foot view for all parties involved, yeah, for everyone, <laughs> like that was just, it ended up badly. I think the, the rationale behind it made sense, but it ended up working out very badly. Um, this, I think, has a much higher likelihood of just being a mediocre result, and it's maybe the worst case scenario. I don't think CJ McCollum is going to be going to come here and be someone who wrecks a locker room. He's not going to be someone who's a troublemaker, and he's not going to be someone who's going to suck. Like he's got a huge body of work uh, on him, and he fits exactly what they need right now. So. On every conceivable level, it works. The only question is, did you give up too much when you consider the picks, when you consider someone who's, uh, I guess, talented like McKeel and someone who is a, a, a heartbeat of the team like Josh Hart? Uh, is it too much to give up? I don't think it's too much to give up. Frankly, the draft picks mean nothing to me. I mean, they have not done anything with a first-round pick, really, uh, in years. So I, I don't find that to be a significant problem. Uh, I think getting talent via trade is probably how you're going to have to do a lot of this. And so credit to the Pelicans for making it happen. Yeah. Uh, Pelicans Nation is happy right now. The Pelicans are on a four-game win streak, and they are currently winning in New Orleans against Houston. Uh, so, yeah, positive Pels segment for once. Yeah, was that po- – I feel like I was the most positive I've ever been about this. Time. I think so. Well, you know, we're, we're, we are genuine on this podcast, yes. and genuinely good things are happening with the team right now, yes. and it's fun to focus on that. Uh, we are going to be right back with a word from our sponsor, Ale on O. Everybody, my favorite bar, your favorite bar, everybody's favorite bar, the finest patio in all of Uptown New Orleans. That's right, everyone. Ale on oak, 30 plus beers on tap, a full menu of delicious food, a wonderful place to hang out and see beautiful people on a beautiful street. And you can do it all at Ale on Oak Street. It's uh, it's a little chilly out right now. They do have a patio. They do have outside heaters. More important than any of that, they have whiskey. That's nice. Nourishing, life-giving whiskey. <laughs> they have. That's also a big deal because a lot of bars are out of whiskey right now. Yes, they're out of Irish whiskey. They're out of French whiskey. They're out of <laughs> Japanese and Russian whiskey. <laughs> All the whiskeys at Ale and Oak. They got Glenlivet. They got McAllen. They got Glenfiddich. Ooh, is that how it's pronounced? I would think so. <laughs> I always use the Chfiddich. Well, go into Ale on Oak and ask them. And whether you were right or you were wrong, you're going to have a good time. Because they're going to give you delicious booze. They got a PLT. That it's like a pork chop, lettuce, and tomato, just like Grandma used to make. Uh-huh. What good hangover food. No. Incredible. And if you eat hangover food while you're drinking, no hangover. <laughs> That's what I'm told. Yes. Ale on Oak. It's in Uptown. It's on Oak Street. It's a happening place. It's near concert venues. It's a good date spot. It's a good place to start the night. It's a good place to end the night. Ale on Oak. You are going to go check it out. You can take the streetcar there. You can drive there. Uh, it is just two blocks off of Carrollton, maybe even less than that. Uh, tell them that we sent you, uh, Pat and the guys, you know, 
They are going to have your Pelicans on whenever you want to go watch local sports. They have the games on. Uh, look, everybody on Twitter, every single time the Pelicans play, someone tells me I cannot find the games. And I just tell them very simply, go to Ale, moron. <laughs> look, look, idiot. If you wanted to watch the game, there's a place you can go where you don't have to do anything. And, uh, and if you choose not to go there, then that's your fault. So if you care at all about the Pelicans, which you probably do because you just listened to us ramble about it for 20 minutes, uh, you are going to want to go to Ale on Oak Street. Check them out. I think we just came up with their new slogan. Go to Ale, moron. Like, go, like go to hell. <laughs> go to Ale, stupid. That's pretty good. Give us a cut, Pat. I'm at Ale, stupid. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. uh, Well, that. we're going to lose our jobs over that, but somebody gained a job. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, you know, with uh, the promotion, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, not so much a new job, but Dennis. I'm sorry about the semantics there. Yeah, there you Jesus. I, as someone who is a human resources <laughs> professional, let's be, uh, you know, specific about our uh, our use of words. Uh, Dennis Allen promoted from defense coordinator to head coach. Uh, the uh, Kabuki Theater that was the entire <laughs> interview process uh, was a drawn out uh, charade that a lot of people spent a lot of time uh, interviewing for a job that was never going to go to anyone else. I think we all said Dennis Allen the moment Sean Payton said he was retiring. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I don't think you can hate it. It makes sense and it's fine. And I think, you know, the Saints overvalue themselves from time to time as far as what they are as an organization. And so this made perfect sense to me. Yeah, uh, and you know, a lot of times when you're talking about head coaching changes, it is in a disaster scenario. The team sucks, the team has sucked for a long time, yes. scandals, players leaving, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. None of that happened in this situation. This is a winning team mm -hmm. with a winning culture, and they don't need to swing for the fences with a crazy pick here. Dennis Allen has the experience. He's been the interim head coach three, four, five times now. Sean Payton had COVID nine times. <laughs> I don't know how many times. Uh, I mean, he was also head coach for the Raiders where he... For two seasons? Two or three. Yeah. He was terrible. I Not mean, very good. Awful. And, you know, that that kind of doesn't exist anymore. You won't hear a lot of people mention that. Um, Brian Flores. <laughs> like, they, they're talking about him. <laughs> yeah. The Dolphins stunk. They went to the playoffs once, right? Yeah, once. I'm just saying, better. Dennis Allen, I don't <laughs> think... I would he win 10 games in three in two years. Uh, no, they, he was awful. Uh, now, I think he's saying he learned from it, etc. Look, the bottom line is, is that uh, the Saints wanted to keep this in their family because they think they have a good thing going and they want to keep it going for as long as they can. Whether or not that is true is a different story. I, I think I think they're a in an okay position. I don't think they're in some amazing position. I don't think it's Bill Belichick we're talking about here mm -hmm. uh, where you want to just automatically hand it off to someone and maintain all that. The Saints have not been perfect by any stretch. Uh, this year in particular, I think they did a good job, but they did not do a great job. They wasted a pretty good defense in a lot of games. They were fine, and I understand Dennis Allen makes sense. I think he gets a fair shot. He's going to get a couple years to see how he can do with this uh it's going to be a difficult job without a quarterback uh i do think going on an outside hire would have been more interesting for me personally i i think that there's a lot 
I think an offensive coach would have been helpful, all those sorts of things. But I understand why you want to go for Dennis Allen. But I do think this does speak to how the Saints feel about Sean Payton, that deification of Sean Payton in a lot of ways, <clears> and that this kind of made, there was just kind of no doubt this is what it was going to happen. Now, they spoke to quite a few people. I know they yes. had supposedly an eight-hour interview with Enemy, And then, like, four minutes later, they hired Dennis Allen. Does it, I, I don't even know, like, the protocol for it, but is it possible that any of those people that they spend hours upon hours talking to fill other positions? Certainly. They could fall into place there. Yeah. I know there are other holes. Uh, certain Saints coaches are interviewing for head jobs at other places and sure. various other jobs. So maybe it won't all be for naught, and maybe some of the names that we've been uh, milling about could wind up on the Saints after all. Yes. Uh, so there is possible that they didn't waste everybody's time doing that. But God, an eight-hour interview. Could you imagine? And then the minute you walk out of it, basically, you're like, oh, yeah, you didn't get the job. Yeah, I did three interviews at a place in Metairie. Yeah. And uh, one of the interviews uh, was literally just like, if you were a Sesame Street character. <laughs> and when they like, I guess they just, you know, looked up the podcast and they're like you're not coming here and i was like you fuckers i said i was gonna be grover so i can't even imagine i'm feeling blue yeah. <laughs> i can't even imagine if it was for a head coaching job yeah yeah i mean that's uh i mean especially that guy is interviewed like 10 times like eric b enemy is is uh as interviewed all over the freaking place uh, I think he would have been good. I, think, I, I really do think they interviewed a, an interesting set. I mean, the guy who is a special teams coordinator, I didn't think that would have been very good. The Saints special teams was objectively dog shit. Uh, you know, they couldn't find a kicker for, you know, the entire season. Uh, so that was weird, I guess. But uh, other than that, I thought all the rest of them were fairly well qualified for the job. I would have been fine with any of them, honestly. But uh, how how much of this decision do you honestly think just comes from the fact that they shut out Tampa Bay when Sean Payton was out this year. That has to be it. It feels like that sealed it, right? Well, it was... Uh, if they had lost that game 35 to nothing, there's no chance that he's the coach. I don't think so. None. It was 0-9? to nine? Yeah. Okay, that seals it. <laughs> you made Tom Brady retire. <laughs> the Saints wound up being undefeated against the Bucks in regular season play. That gets you a head coaching job. I guess. And so it's just kind of nuts, the idea. I mean, that's how a lot of stuff in life works. Uh, you know, just happened to be one thing lined up, fell into his lap, and he coached a great game, but it was one game. It's not really emblematic of anything other than coaching a great game. And uh, and I think it probably made him, you know, $30 million. So you know, people, good for Dennis Allen. People have short-term memory, and the most recent good thing that you did is what you're judged by. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, hey, LaToya, the city, everyone's been carjacked. She's like, yeah, but they're picking up garbage now. <laughs> we got the hurricane garbage. <laughs> oh. This is what I do when I get in trouble with my girlfriend. I'm like, we went out to dinner last week. <laughs> I understand I called you a bitch to your face, but do you remember that time that I would clean the dishes? We went to Shoney's. <laughs> That doesn't count for anything now. Uh, the Saints are going to be fine. I, I, They've got that talent level still there. 
ultimately, right, this will all depend on who ends up being the quarterback. I just got distracted by the worst shake and bake I've ever seen on Jackson Hayes. <laughs> this white guy, like, leaned to the left a little and then spun around, and Jackson Hayes fell on the ground. It was I, brutal. I was uh, very well known at Summer League of yelling at that Sungoon guy for uh, the Rockets and calling him <laughs> awful. It turned out he's been really good, but that was really bad. So at least I get a little bit of justification Well, there. maybe your harsh criticism led him down the path a- of Exactly. Greatness. Maybe he knew I was. Uh, he's in my city. Um, Dennis Allen is, uh, you know, we, we kind of know what to expect with it. Uh, it's going to be the pieces around it right now. So, you know, there's really not a ton of crazy hot takes right now regarding it. And we, no. we already knew what the what the decision was going to be. Um, speaking of decisions. Yes. Sometimes you can make a bad one. <laughs> And there's the, uh, what's the slogan in Vegas? Like, uh, what stays here? What happens here? Yeah, what happens here stays, stays here. here. Unless, <laughs> unless you're uh, one of the most notable running backs in the in National Football League. Um, uh, yeah, it's a Alvin, harder. Alvin Kamara and his uh, posse uh, beat up a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, they beat him up the day before um, the Pro Bowl, which I I thought it was nice that they waited until after the Pro Bowl to arrest him. Yes, let him get those Pro Bowl moments. You know what would have sucked if he had gotten injured during the Pro Bowl and then got arrested? We'd have been like, arrest him before! (laughs) Arrest him before the Pro Bowl. He's like in there with a broken leg from the Pro Bowl. He's in prison. Um, And a Vegas jail cell. Who is he in there with? Oof. Oh, I can't even imagine <laughs> how disgusting the amount of people I've seen in Vegas who aren't in jail. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you imagine the ones who screwed up so badly that they ended up in jail? Like that is a rough crowd. Uh, that is, I mean, bad decision making. Lord knows what that means for him next season. Lord knows yeah. what it means for him as far as trial. We swung and missed about 100 times in guessing suspensions last year. Remember, we thought like everyone's going to be suspended yeah. who had gotten arrested, and I don't. I it didn't seem don't think, like anybody was. No, Deontay Harris missed like two or three games in the middle of the year, and that was it. Uh, Marshall Lattimore didn't miss any time. So I don't know what this means as far as his playing. You know, Jackson Hayes got arrested in the offseason this year. He hasn't missed a game. No, he's fine. Yeah, so I don't really understand. Uh, he like what took it on means. the LAPD. Yeah, his seemed way more uh, direct. You know, problematic well, uh, um, than this. The uh, the video for the Kamara fight came out just before we went on air, and we do have a special uh, Saints guest to, that's going to review it. Uh, he reviewed it. He has some experience in the game, uh-huh. so he's going to analyze it like that. Sure. Uh, Jim, are you there? Uh, wh- what did you think of the fight, Jim? Well, what happened was that second game, we got our ass kicked, or the second half. We just got our ass totally kicked. That's not what it seemed. We couldn't do diddly, poo, it seemed like uh, it seemed like you guys were doing the ass kicking. <laughs> Did you get a pool cue, Jim? <laughs> he hung up. Well, you know. Uh, the the first half of the fight didn't go Alvin's way. In the second half, really, the, the second ninety eight percent of the fight. Uh, it seemed to be a complete bludgeoning of some guy. So that's the good thing about having a posse. Yes, you don't hear about posses that much anymore. No, I don't think the word posse is used very often. 
Yeah. Crew. Crew. Entourage. Okay. Entourage. I just watch a lot of westerns. <laughs> yes, that's what we're referring to. To the young guns. Yes. Um, he was the Emilio Estevez of the group. Uh, the problem with Camara is that like it's totally out of character for him. He's like the most laid back, like uh, earthy, chill dude. And it's just, you know, him just beating the ever-living shit out of someone uh, for apparently not any, you know. I no, guess he, he tried, wasn't on, in danger. He tried to get on the elevator. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the whole video. Alvin put his hand in front of him like he can't get in the elevator. Yeah. And then uh, a brawl ensued. It's not good. That doesn't seem like a very justifiable reason. If uh, Alvin puts his hand out and tells me not to do anything, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will obey. I, I, I certainly would not have ended up in that situation. I'll put it that way. I'm sure uh, Alvin was just following COVID protocol. Exactly. That's what he was worried about. If you've about. got five people in the elevator, there's no way that they can uh, distance equally. It's a good point. Remember, they used to have those little, uh, they would like tape off the elevator like a four square and uh, and you had to everybody to stand in their own little spot. That's yeah. how we. That's how we're not dead right now. Yeah, I liked how the COVID rule for elevators was everybody do the ending for Blair Witch Project <laughs> in a corner. Just stare at the corner. Don't move. Don't breathe. Alrighty. Oh God, that takes us into another little piece of Fear Factory. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is officially live in Louisiana with mobile sports betting just in time for the big game. Right now, you can place a bet in Louisiana with DraftKings Sportsbook without leaving the comfort of your couch. To add to the excitement, DraftKings is giving a new customers a special offer you don't want to miss. Bet just $5 in a playoff game and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The wait is finally over. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of your DraftKings great promotions and features. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That very much matters. That yeah. part, very underplayed. That matters that you can actually you know get your money. Uh Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Polk and Kush to get 56 to 1 odds. That's Polk and Kush, P-O-L-K-A-N-D-K-U-S-H. Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code Polk and Kush this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. <gasps> 21 up, physically present Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditioning. Licensed partner, Gamble Negative, Lake Charles. It's a gambling problem. Call 1-877-770-STOP. Man, that was great. So I thought Micro Machines good. guy. <laughs> I want to, like, uh, DraftKings is sincerely my favorite of the sportsbook apps. Yes. Uh, I would like to point out, because I was a little confused when I first got it, there are two DraftKings apps. There's mm -hmm. one that's DraftKings, and that's, like, fantasy yes. lineups and stuff like that. 
What you want is DraftKings Sportsbook. It has a green icon. It's probably at the top of the charts right now because everybody's downloading it. Yes. Put in Polk and Kush when you get in there. It's going to give you all sorts of free and cool stuff. Uh, I also keep getting like free bets from them. Uh, they'll email me, and then like I'll get a notification on my phone. Uh, last night I got a free two-way parlay bet on a money line, and the night before that I got a $20 free uh, live bet. Uh, and that's why we have all bought houses from Jansen this week. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that wasn't even part of the read. Uh, we just like the product. So Absolutely. Uh, and it's probably the best thing going on right now in Louisiana. So check it out because we got a whole lot going on in our local roundup. It's the old It is you put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> Ooh, a little new intro thingy. Fancy pants. Man, whoever did that, a swole <laughs> genius. Uh, this was sent in by Matt Hart, friend of the show. Should I say his full name? Yeah, well, no, Where I'm does not. he live? <laughs> 1825 Tulane. I remember Matt came to get some Polk and Kush uh, merch. And he was eating a big biscuit, <laughs> like a <laughs> mouthful of biscuit when he showed up. Like, here's your hat. Uh, anyway, <laughs> despite cold and rain, the Nutria Rodeo bags 1,900 swamp rats and tops last year's 10-ton heat. Oh, my goodness. Swamp rats don't weigh a lot. So 10 tons? It's a lot. That's a... That's a lot of swamp rats. Um, let's see. These are a lot of pictures of <laughs> swamp rat hunters. They look exactly like what you think they would. This is just, this is attractive to me. Michaela, I'm not going to say her last name, but she's drinking a Coors Light, and she has a bunch of dead nutria over her back. Hot. That brings out something primal in me. <laughs> Michaela, if you listen, you don't listen. You don't like you have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the Nutrio really is uh, one of the most disgusting animals in the face of the earth. Yeah, it's like uh, if a rat was uh, like a shaggy rat with like uh, sharper teeth. And I feel like they're probably stinky. They're too. like orange teeth. Also, they're disgusting. You remember Harry Lee, uh, R.I.P., the former sheriff? He used to just like you were allowed in Jefferson Parish to get in your car and shoot Nutria on the side of the road. Like in canals, like in whatever, you could just shoot them. And so, like, I remember David Tell came I remember for the that. show and rode around with him. And it was like, it was a thing that you could do. You could just fire off guns in the middle of residential neighborhoods and try to kill Nutria. And uh, I guess that's how they controlled the population. But they should just have more of these rodeos, I think. Well, that's also uh, the, the Nutria strategy. That's what uh, Jason Williams is allowing all these teenagers to walk away with. No, no, I thought it was a Nutria. And he's like, okay, very well. This is like really just a photo book of, of South Louisiana. There are people taking photos. You, whenever I take a selfie, I'm always like, man, I wish there was a pile of dead rats behind me. <laughs> That would really add to the ambience. People are cooking them. This person's holding a cold baby nutria, I presume, moments before they snap its neck. Oh, God. Brutal. Uh, where was it? 
like Garyville, Venice, Louisiana. That sounds right. So it was on on the water. Uh, dude, that is all kinds of nasty. This is this is a fun story. It's most you, you have to see these photos. Uh, I'll share the link to it. Um, but yeah, I some okay. Here we go. Somebody said, "I love working with furry animals, <clears throat> but I kill the nuisances." Doing this, I know I'm saving my home. Ball was one of about 200 hunters who fanned out from Venice on Friday and Saturday to blast as many of the wetland-devouring swamp rats as they could. Nutria, an invasive species from South America, have been eating away the Louisiana coast since the 1930s when the raccoon-sized rodents were brought to the state to raise for the fur trade. Oh, my God. Whenever it's your anniversary, <laughs> give your wife a nice coat. What's it made out of? I don't know. <laughs> So Where'd you get it? Venice, Louisiana. <laughs> Venice. Not the one in Louisiana, right? <laughs> they have a Gucci store there. Yes. More than 8,300 acres of Louisiana marsh have been damaged by Nutria last year. This is the only way we could solve like uh, the climate issue, is if you could shoot and kill something. <laughs> to sol- They're going to solve the wetland issue because they can kill the thing. Yes. You can't shoot anything. To solve climate change, and this is the problem. Well, yes, we don't know. <laughs> we're, we're believe me, we're going to find out. If there's a way we can shoot our way into uh, eliminating climate change, you can bet your ass we're going to find it. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to be going down to Venice next week, seeing if they have any left over. I like that it's a roundup too, but I bet they do it all the time. Oh, definitely, they definitely do it. Uh, now, when was the last time you used a mailbox in this good city? <sighs> Been a minute. I am. Uh, I, I'm more and more in the online pay world. You fool! <laughs> I can't believe you. you slumped, yes. I can't believe you even used a mailbox a while ago. You <laughs> dumb. And this is from the city. This is the city calling you dumb, not yes. me. Yes. The city has said, "quote If you use a post office box, fuck you." <laughs> That's from Huey Lewis. Don't use post office drop boxes due to an uptick in mail theft. Sheriff warns. Now, I heard this and I was like, how are they getting their hands in the mailbox? Is this Slender Man? Mm -hmm. Is Winion Gabriel stealing the mail? (laughs) Are they just taking a chain around it and just like towing it off? Who has arms long enough to steal the mail? They're not they're not reaching in there. I'm the fool. They have keys. Ah, yes. And I guess maybe it's former employees, maybe it's uh, friends and family of of postal men and women. Yes, the disgruntled community. You can't say postman anymore. (laughs) You have to say it's post them. (laughs) Postex. The sheriff said he recommends residents not use the post office drop boxes at all. They're doing search warrants and collecting 700 to 800 checks from people. And these people are apparently just like crossing out the name on the check and then writing their name. Incredible. There's so many facets of crime in this city where multiple people are complicit. So there's someone at a bank somewhere looking at somebody who looks like they would steal mail going, hey, I have 800 checks. You know that thing that no one uses anymore? Uh I have 800 of them. And... Funny enough, every single person that sent me a check spelled my name wrong. (laughs) 
So they had to cross it out and then write my name again. My name and is Cash. The, the weirdest thing, too, is that, yeah, the checks are printed, except for my name. Yeah. The, and it's, is it all the same handwriting? Probably. <laughs> you know, people have accents in certain regions. Well, we all have the same handwriting. So some, someone somewhere is cashing these checks for them, and they know who it is. Mm-hmm. And if it's a problem with the locks... You would think you could change the lock? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it, There seems to be about a thousand different solutions to this before you get to don't use the mailbox. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of other ways. Like this isn't, uh, you know, someone sticking a gun in your face and taking your cash. This is a very traceable problem, it appears. Also, who's mailing checks? Old people. Are these people like getting the publisher's clearinghouse fake checks and thinking it's real? Wouldn't that be great? It it would be funny if it was actually linked to Ed McMahon's bank account. <laughs> He's behind his heirs are behind this entire scandal. <laughs> um, uh, the next story that I have is uh, from WWL TV. Uh, the Inspector General's office confirms that the sewage and water board employees. You think I'm, you you think I know or like you have an idea when I say Inspector General Sewage and Water Board. Oh, I know what's going to happen. They're not fixing anything, and the city's going to floods every time it rains, whatever. Ah, uh, no, not this time. Uh, it took $132,000 in lost parking meter revenue by abusing the handicapped parking spaces. So the inspector general's office said 26 different employees of SWB were using handicapped tags and parking in metered spots near the agency's office. Uh, 19 of those employees were not entitled to any handicap privileges, and the other seven have legal handicap tags, but they were parked past the three-hour free parking limit. $132,000. I, uh, I feel two ways on this. One, don't park illegally with fake or unearned (laughs) tags or over the limit. Two... I don't think those employees should have to pay to park and go to work. Oh, would you like to hear the other part? Yeah. Uh, It was revealed that some employees were illegally using the placards, even though the agency was paying for spaces in a nearby parking garage. Okay. There we go. I I don't really want to have to walk the extra 11 feet to go to the garage. So I'm just going to park in this handicapped space for 11 consecutive hours while I watch someone else I work with dig a hole. Okay, well, that's like the epitome of shut my mouth wide open. (laughs) I was like, well, here's a human take on. Oh, no, they still. You have uh, undercut my lowest Man, dude, it is uh, it's very hard to find a less like I've never gone by a sewage and water board anything and been like, well, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, I think these are commendable employees we have over here. My uh, it's happened to a lot of people. My girlfriend got the sewage and water board bill and it's usually like 60, 70 bucks. And this time, you know, it was eight hundred dollars. And. (laughs) I think we'd like even been out of town or yeah, something. Course, I think yeah. it was like during the hurricane. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the actual water usage. And they give you the num- the numbers on the thing. So we go out there and look at it. They've mixed up the three and the four. You can see it plain <laughs> as day. 
and you know, we called them 19 hours later. I have a full beard by the time we're done with this call. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we'll look into it. Uh, for, from now on, until we fix it, just pay us what you think. Yeah, that's the best. They're always like, yeah, just estimate it. That should be just the year round. <laughs> just pay what you think forever. Well, considering you guys haven't drained the water, I'm going to pay $1. <laughs> I I used to pay uh, how much twenty eight dollars a month for trash pickup. You now do it only once a week. I'm gonna pay half of that. Yeah. Does that sound reasonable? Because uh, that that would be uh, not in your playbook. I though. never get any money back for Cox Internet being out, and no. it's out constantly, all the time. And then when I call them, they're like, "You just need a more expensive modem." <laughs> Clowns. That's so stupid. <laughs> Last week we talked about the uh, mysterious boom that no one in the city. Oh yes, I uh, I solved the case. Yes, uh, Jeff Asher, my friend, uh, also named Jeff. They had like some data that they put together, the ring doorbells, all this stuff. It pinpointed it to around Music Village. There is a place around there that can uh, crush cars. Yes, and um, people online talked about how sometimes when a car gets crushed with gasoline still in the tank it can explode and it's a kind of explosion that could rock a neighborhood and be heard all over the place great great theory i solved it right yeah that explosion happened at 11 o'clock at night oh oh that's so i noticed that a lot of uh car related crimes have been happening in this city and people can't always account for where the cars are going, yes. where they wind up, what yes. people are doing with them. Why would somebody be crushing a car at 11 o'clock at night and not know to empty the gas tank before they crushed it? Probably a legally obtained vehicle, if I had to guess. With somebody at that place illegally crushing it after hours? Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. And the city has said absolutely jack shit on this other than we don't know. <laughs> I think they exactly know. I think I'm exactly correct. And uh, Polk and Kush Nation, let's let's solve it. Let's get to the bottom of this. Is this uh, dangerous? Am I putting myself in I know, danger? I think, yeah, Columbo over here got it all figured <laughs> out, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the odds of something not illegal being part of it or something that's not horribly vicious, like that it was just like happened to be, you know, a bathtub full of meth exploded that seemed unlikely <laughs> something terrible happened to obtain the car and then illegally crushing it of course with gasoline in it all of that makes sense because everybody is a piece of garbage um on that note that'll take us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program ladies and gentlemen the worst what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard Everyone in this room is now dumb for The worst. Ooh, more new. More new bumpers. Oh, yeah. I think that one qualifies me as a DJ. Yeah. Dude, you need to go work for Howard Stern. Yeah. He used to do all sorts of wacky songs and stuff. You can work for Walton and Johnson. These are serious. These aren't wacky. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually do work for Walton Johnson. I'm the gay guy on Walton Johnson. 
I thought it was one of the guys, I don't know if it was Walton or Johnson, one of them died. And yes. I was like, they should do his voice. <laughs> like as the tribute. Come on, guys. Uh, I will take this week's worst. Uh, this comes from the Daily Mail. It was sent in by a listener. Um, Nola underscore Ryan, R-Y-N-E. He's yes. a Big Pels fan. Or she, I don't know. I don't know. Probably a he. Probably a he. If I had to guess, it's a he. If you're not my wife, and you, <laughs> you're probably not listening to this if you're female. Um, and if you are, we love you. Uh, anyway, this is from the Daily Mail. Uh, headline, Canadian woman discovers, all caps, naked man has been living in the trunk of her car for three days. That's right. A bizarre video shows the moment a Canadian woman discovered a naked homeless man had been hiding in the trunk of her car for three days. Bethany Coker, who documented the incident, claimed she had no clue the man had been living in the trunk of her Subaru sedan as she went to work and conducted errands. He had never said a single word before she found him. Quote, why are you in my trunk and are you naked? Good opener. <laughs> he replied, yeah, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> That's pretty funny. She questioned how he got into the vehicle, to which he answered, I'm the son of the Pope. All right, I'm on <laughs> team naked trunk guy. The video then shows police surrounding her vehicle as the man's legs hang out of the trunk. He can be heard asking the cops if he's allowed to put his pants on before an officer says that they would, quote, appreciate that. <laughs> Coker claimed the man was a missing person and is currently in a psych ward. We've been to the grocery store together. We got sushi together, gas together. We've been to work twice. Not a single word, she explained. Uh, Bethany Coker here, who... Uh, Whoa, mama. Yeah, she's... Uh, I'd hide in her trunk. <laughs> it's a little creepier when you see her and you're like, oh, this guy might have been doing some uh, not-so-nice things. He might have been then. releasing the clutch. <laughs> A little glow-in-the-dark thing. I don't know. <laughs> He's lucky he wasn't doing it here because Lord, it would have car would have ended up getting <laughs> exploded somewhere in New Orleans East at eleven o'clock at night uh, with gasoline still inside. Uh, yeah, that is a insane story. Uh, I how did this dude just not leave the car for three days? There's actually more to the story. Coker saw the first sign of the man's presence six days ago when she found the driver's seat of her vehicle covered in mud. <laughs> My car was home all night while we were out wheeling till 2 a.m. and I started it up this morning not paying attention only to come back in it and notice the mud. She claims she claims like she would make this up. Yeah. She claims she steam cleaned her upholstery. <laughs> And thought that someone... Likely story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Authorities are still acting to find if she actually had a dust buster. But, yeah. So, she was on to him uh -huh. because of his filthy trail. So, we're to understand that when she was not there, he was getting out of the trunk, going into the car. Yeah. And then, before she would arrive back... He would then go back into the trunk and then not make any sounds. I mean, this guy's like a like a wily little nutria. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Round him up with the rodeo. <laughs> uh, that's a great line, though. Of, I'm the son of the Pope. I'm gonna start saying that most of the time. <laughs> Where are the TPS reports? Hmm. 
I'm the son of the Pope. <laughs> Would you like? Can I put some pants on? Yeah, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> you had pants this whole time and just chose not to wear them in the back. I guess it's warm in there. Canada's better than America. I mean, that's all a these great people are story. having fun. Like the girls, kind of having fun with it. Maybe this will be their love story. <laughs> Wouldn't that? I mean, that would be an all-time moment. This is going to be a Netflix romantic comedy with Tiffany Haddish and uh, Aquaman, <laughs> and it's going to be called "It's Going to Be Called Love Trunk." He crawled out of the trunk and into her heart. It really is a Happy Madison movie, right? Yeah. It's the guy, the, the homeless guy who was the caddy in the Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, falls in love with uh, Happy's grandmother. That's going to be the, uh, you know, the, the prequel uh, that goes on to, to Billy Madison. I mean, what a great story. I, you can't make that up. Thank you so much for sending that in. I loved every second of that story. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for sending them in. We always appreciate when you do. Uh, send us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Scott D. Kushner, and I am Polk and Kush on Twitter. Like, follow, rate, and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate it. If you liked it, tell a friend. Thank you to our sponsors, DraftKings, Ale on Oak, and Chance Matagna. I'm Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. We'll see you next time. See ya! Search to play to your own ass. It's time for the Pokemon Kush podcast. Pokemon Kush. Pokemon Kush.